The A2X Way. Discussing logistics of tomorrow. It's a field, of course, which always had huge economic potential, specifically for corporate. That always brings some, some flavor <laughs> to the topic, I'd say. And now that those solutions are beginning to really work and be, be scalable and fly, that, of course, again, leads to yeah even more uh, rising interest in the industry uh, and makes it actually as hot as it is right now. Hello and welcome to our fifth podcast episode of the A2X Way. In this episode, we talk about autonomous logistics with Julius Lutzer from Startport Startup Felix and Andreas Rücker and Niklas Maus from Technische Universität Munich. Why is autonomous logistics such a hot topic? Is there a structural difference in hardware and software startups? And how does Startport Startup Felix automate logistics? Welcome and thank you for your time. First of all, we will introduce ourselves. Uh, maybe, Julius, you want to start. Um, maybe you tell us um, your person, as your, your name, where you work for and the company you work for. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much. Um, yeah, my name is Julius Lutzer. I'm 28 years old and I'm one of the founders of Felix. Um, Felix actually is a startup based in Munich and we develop automated guided vehicles for into logistical load carrier transport. And I'm very happy to be here today. Andreas, do you want to go on? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Andreas. I'm 31 years old. I was born in Austria and I moved to Munich about 10 years ago for studying mechanical engineering. And for the last five years, I worked for the Technical University and for the Chair for Materials Handling, Material Flow Logistics. And I am responsible for the CAD lecture and for about 1,000 students. And my research topic is uh, energy efficiency in interlogistics. And to be specific, I'm interested in automated storage and retrieval systems, stacker cranes in high bay warehouses. And I'm currently writing my PhD thesis and hope to finish that very soon. Cool, good luck for that. And uh, Niklas, do you want to go on? Yeah, thanks. Uh, my name is uh, Niklas. I'm a research associate uh, and a colleague of uh, Andreas at TUM. And um, in sort of a double role, I'm also a program manager of a uh, entrepreneurship program of Unternehmertum and TUM. Unternehmertum is a uh, spin-off, if you will, uh, of TUM, a, a uh, affiliated uh, institute for uh, entrepreneurship, actually Europe's uh, largest uh, center for innovation and entrepreneurship. Roughly 50 startups are founded here uh, every year. And uh, we try to spark innovation from science um, and are fairly in a good way, I'd say. And yeah, for me, it's a great pleasure to be to be here and to have actually this, this combined uh, perspective of doing both the research side and also a very hands-on entrepreneurship um program thank you three um julius um first of all felix is working on agvs using the newest findings of autonomous driving um ai and uh, computer vision <laughs> before we dive deeper into that yeah what part of your day-to-day -day life is um yeah already fully automated 
I think there are a lot of things which are automated, but just a few things which are fully automated. Uh, but researchers have been working in the last years and are still working um, on it to do full automation in a lot of processes. If we, for example, have a look at a coffee machine, sometimes you just, or depending on the model you have, you just need to press a button and then you get a coffee and the rest is completely done automatically. And if we have a look at autonomous driving, there were a lot of things happening in the moment and also in, in AI, for example, if we have a look at our smartphones, a lot of things are working completely automated and we don't even sometimes understand how they are doing. And um, yeah, this is also a thing we will see in autom autonomous driving in future. So you're working at Felix. Um, can you explain um, what does Felix do? Um, yeah, I'm one of the founders of Felix, and we develop an automated guided vehicle. That means we develop a system which can transport load carriers completely automated from a starting point to, to a target position. And um, this is used in, in intralogistics um, for transporting load carriers um, from, yeah, I don't know, for example, a production line to a storage position. And um, yeah, actually we started like four years ago um, during our studies at TUM. And um, yeah, we wanted to develop a very innovative system. This is why we ask ourselves the question, um, what will uh, the you know, what will logistics look like in future? And we didn't want to improve existing things, but we wanted to reinvent um, yeah storage technologies and also um, yeah movement of load carriers. Um, Andreas, you told us that you work part time at the chair of materials handling, material flow, and logistics in the department of mechanical engineering. Um, can you share more about the relationship between the chair and Felix? Yeah, um, I think it started about in 2017 when Gregor, one of the co-founders, one of the founders, uh, contacted our former professor Gündner with the idea of developing a completely new AGV system in form of a double tine system, which is the, their unique selling point or their unique weight of um, carrying out the AGV. And Professor Gündner suggested that he should write his term thesis about the topic. And <laughs> I was asked to supervise it because he wanted to um, make, make a research about how we can power such a system. And I have experience in electrical powering, uh, electrical driving systems. And therefore, I was asked to supervise it. And yeah, it was quite a good thesis because he was really motivated to do the thing. And in the next years, I also supervised another master thesis from a founder. And then they decided to start the company and applied for an exist scholarship to have their first finance background to start the company. And our current professor, Professor Fotner, was the supervisor of the exist scholarship. Uh, correct me, Julius, if I'm wrong at this point. And since then, I supervised about seven or more theses for Felix and three are currently in progress. So that's how I got in touch with them and that's how we keep on working. I'm mainly supervisor for their um, theses from students at the chair. That's cool. Maybe I can add a little uh, a little there. Um, so from our perspective, yeah, we started as a student um, studying at home and we all did some internships at huge companies like yeah, all these automotive companies, some here in Bavaria, some in uh, 
in Baden-Württemberg. And uh, we figured out that we want to do something on our own because we learned so many cool things in our studies. And um, yeah, so we got started with a very innovative um, product and um, which actually exists um, of two skids. It's not like a forklift, which is, um, yeah, which has kind of a fork, but we have like these two skids. And these two skids are supposed to be independent from each other. So we have like two skateboards, which are com uh, completely autonomous um, driving and uh, they look for load carriers which are supposed to be transported and um, go in there lifted up and transported to their target position and yeah this, um, the chair of logistics helped us a lot in the past and we still have a very good relationship uh, relationship with them and as i started to work with, with julius and, and gregor and i always was very impressed about their passion about what they are doing because they really worked hard very very hard to get where they are now and i think they did a quite good job because it's really a big obstacle to overcome if you have a startup and you want to build hardware expensive hardware such big things like their their skids <laughs> they call it skateboards but <laughs> high advanced and it's not exactly cheap to build a prototype for such a machine and yeah i think they're they're doing really well Thank you. Let's talk about that uh, a little later on. Um, maybe back to the topic of AGVs. Uh, Andreas, um, when discussing the topic, um, the question of energy storage and also energy efficiency is super interesting because it highly determines their performance. Um, is that something you address in other parts of your academic research as well? Yeah, it's... Uh, let's put it like this. My research field is, as mentioned before, the, the automated storage and retrieval systems in high bay warehouses, especially stacker cranes, which are quite old machines and they have been used since quite a long time compared to HEVs. Um, and in particular, the energy efficiency of these systems is part of my research. Um, a classic efficiency definition would be, for instance, the benefit compared to the effort. And if we take throughput, respectively the mass flow of goods, pellets, um, whatever, as benefit, and the energy demand of a system as effort, we can calculate a numerical value for efficiency. And in general, we can assume that the smaller and lighter a machine for moving a pellet around or other payloads becomes, the more efficient, energy efficient it gets. And their, their skid system, double tine system, takes that really to the extreme because it represents a very small and very light system. I think it couldn't get much smaller um, with today's technology for lifting and moving a pallet, for instance. When we compare it with a forklift, which is much bigger, much heavier, but also has the option for lifting a pallet to a higher stake, that's, that's of course true. Um, but we have a really efficient, I think, really energy efficient system there. And to bring that to the conclusion or to one of my conclusions in research, um, for every task in intralogistics, there are different possible solutions for um, storage and retrieval in high bay warehouses. We have the classic stacker crane or we have the newer shuttle systems. And shuttle systems are, of course, capable of um, reaching a higher throughput, much higher throughput. But they are also smaller machines, which could be efficient, but you need a lot of small machines and they have to move around constantly. 
And if you don't need a storage with a high throughput, it's of course much more energy efficient to use a stacker crane. So we have to search for our diff as for a specific task. We have to be able to find the best possible solution. And that's not always the newest system or the system with the highest throughput. And for the task of moving a pallet around or moving a lot of pallets around in a short amount of time, the double time system or the skid system from Felix is, I think, a very energy efficient solution. But if you have, let's say, only a couple of pallets to move for um, on every day, there would be or there's possibly are other much efficient, much more efficient solutions. It's not always energy efficiency. You also have to think about economic efficiency. And in that case, maybe it's better to use something else. But to sum it up, we have to find, um, we can find optimum solutions for um, different requirements for our tasks. And Julius, can you explain more about your solution, um, how you doing um, a kind of energy efficiency um, in your solution or in your product? Um, yeah, as Andreas already said, um, we will have a very small and a very lightweight system. So if we think about we want to transport one load carrier from, I don't know, starting position to somewhere else, and um, this weights like 1,000 kilogram, and uh, usually you would use something like a forklift or some, uh, some other device, but um, these devices usually weight up to, I don't know, a thousand kilogram. So now we pick up this load carrier and then we have a vehicle which is um, yeah, about yeah, more or less two tons, so 2000 kilograms. And we have to transport this weight from, um, you know, from A to B. And what we are actually doing is we develop these two skids, these skateboard-like things, and um, they weigh 50 kilograms each. So we have like 100 kilograms. And uh, to transport one load carrier, then we just need to transport the mass of 1000 kilogram of the load carrier and 100 kilogram of these two skids. Um, so in the end, we will be 900 kilograms uh, lighter and due to some effects that we accelerate in a very efficient way and we all always have like only um, electrical engines in there with a very high efficiency and we will reduce up to 70 percent of the energy which is needed for load carrier transport okay cool uh, maybe you uh, can explain us uh, what is the state at Felix right now in terms of autonomy and also use cases and uh, maybe further on, um, your goals there, what do you want to reach with your product? Um, yeah, as we've said, we started like four years ago with a student thesis at the, um, at the university. And um, we got some scholarships in between and built the first prototype. And actually, we are currently at the second prototype iteration and doing the first processes. So these autonomous um, vehicles really drive through the rooms. And um, we will do the first um, test with that in the upcoming month. Um, that will be pretty interesting, or the first external test, because we've been testing the uh, system here for a long time now. And um, at the moment, we have like the third iteration of the um, yeah, of the system running, or not not actually running, but we have it in production at the moment and um, with real industrial components. So um, these gears are manufactured by um, a gear manufacturer. These wheels are manufactured by professional guys. And uh, this is uh, yeah the first industrial prototype, which will be 
uh, assembled um, in autumn this year. At the moment, um, yeah, we, we've been working together with a lot of other companies which um, help us doing it or developing it. And um, yeah, at the moment, the second prototype iteration is running. Uh, we will have the uh, first tests um, in the chair of logistics next, um, next month and also the first external tests um, yeah, at, the end of this, uh, at the end of next month. Nice plan. Uh, Niklas, um, you work part-time at the Department of Mechanical Engineering of the Technical University of Munich and also part-time at Unternehmertum. You mentioned it um, already. Uh, can you share about other startups um, next to Felix that are tackling autonomous logistics as well? Yeah, so autonomous uh, logistics, of course, is, is quite a broad field, but uh, in our direct environment, uh, one very interesting uh, case is Magazzino, uh, for example. Um, they're also very closely related to Genematum, um, our venture capital arm, uh, UVC, also had invested there, um, I believe, and they do uh, intelligent mobile robots, uh, for example, for intralogistics, of course, also quite, quite interesting for fulfillment centers. And also here, uh, I think, uh, as a as a research institute at FML, uh, we're we're in close contact and also using uh, those robots uh, in our own um, research. Then another interesting example, at least from the Munich ecosystem, is Kinexon, real time localization, not really autonomous um, vehicles themselves, but of course related to it in in terms of material flow optimization, but also in a totally different sphere, and and that's interesting in terms of like. Uh, translation of, of uh, innovation, action sports analytics. So, especially in, during Corona, they had been working with uh, the, I think, the NFL in, in the United States, and also now also with different um, Bundesliga clubs. Actually, first, uh, firstly, uh, tracking uh, and, and maintaining uh, contact rules um, uh, in the context of COVID, um, and then also actually now more and more going to the sports analytics part and analyzing. Uh, the movement of different players on the field but that leads a bit further but shows that uh, yeah there's uh, many different uh, sides to this field of uh, autonomous uh, logistics third one also leading a bit further um but again related to is actually fan ride um previously pilot uh, also a spin up of q uh munich um i'm in good contact with one of their founders hendrik um and they do uh, teleoperation so actually they enable autonomous vehicles um, through remote steering, that is when the system itself actually cannot take a decision anymore. Their pilots interfere um, and, and dial in remotely and, and, and solve those issues. And they were actually very much uh, firstly in the, in the field of, of autonomous driving, like in, in, in real uh, traffic and um, due to regulation and, and because everything takes quite long there. Um, they've, they've pivoted a bit into actually the logistics field. And of course, uh, once you're on private grounds within warehouses, wherever, um, this suddenly becomes highly interesting. And so they, they have a lot of traction. And maybe uh, I, can, I can mention three more, uh, which I, I gathered. Um, one which is interesting is Evo Cortex from, from Nuremberg. Um, they do also sensing robotics. Another one a bit similar to that, Node Robotics. Um, from Stuttgart, or, or, or more precisely, Landscheid and Echterdingen, uh, also in the field of autonomous uh, robots. And then finally, uh, in Munich, again, a bit yeah, going beyond the, the classic autonomous uh, use case, I'd say, is, is noise technologies. Uh, one of, I'd say, really the hot uh, robotic startups uh, and, and logistics startups here uh, in Munich at the moment 
they're doing uh, ultra dense, highly uh, flexible uh, nano warehouses. So to enable nano uh, fulfillment, it's a bit like a Rubik's cube. You can imagine that you, you might have played with as a as a child, where they uh, which makes them able to really condense um, warehousing into a scale which hadn't been there before and so a micro scale which then also facilitates like inner city uh applications they they gathered i think a 3.8 million uh, seed round just recently uh, and finally actually our other former colleague uh, andreas is in mine uh, former colleague chris because uh, mayas over he's their head of engineering now um and i i think they're also going to be uh, one of those startups we're going to hear a lot of uh within the next years to come so there are already some solutions. Um, why do you think autonomous logistics is such a hot topic right now? Yeah, I think uh, as so uh, often uh, the answer is uh, time is right, I guess, um, because tech is finally almost uh, ready in the autonomous uh, field generally. There's been huge advances also in autonomous vehicles in the automotive industry, and they transfer very well, I think, um, over into logistics. Um, it's a field, of course, which always had huge economic potential, specifically for corporates. That always brings some some flavor <laughs> to the topic, I'd say. And now that those solutions are beginning to really work and be be scalable and fly, that of course again leads to yeah even more uh, rising interest in the industry uh, and makes it actually as hard as it is right now. Um, yeah, by looking at the solutions you already mentioned, um, yeah, do you see a structural difference in hardware and software startups in point of yeah, maybe investments or go-to-market time um, and so on? Yeah, uh, I think Andreas and Julius already touched the core of it a bit uh, before. Um, the, the classic issue, of course, is always that hardware is uh, more complex and, and takes longer, um, is more expensive also in the beginning. Uh, otherwise, if you look into software, you basically only need to pay staff in that moment, developers. Um, and here you really have investments to bear. And um, then it's also harder and, and more costly to scale uh, than software on the run. Um, at the same time, of course, once you're there, uh, once you really got your solution into the market and working, um, then it's also more defensible. Um, but of course, the way there is definitely, I'd say, tougher um, than than in software. Um, and all the more important it is to, yeah, search for for those uh, cooperative edges you can you can create if you work together uh, with with science and academia with industry. And uh, if you're lucky enough to to have the stamina and also the, the financial possibilities to go uh, the long run, which then in the end uh, definitely will pay off. And of course, at least uh, here in Germany, I guess we're in a good position uh, to develop such solutions as we're fairly close to the customer. And that that point, I want to add something because I think there's, it's of course maybe easier for software to be developed and also in cases of scaling. But in logistics, at the end, we have to move something <laughs> and we have no possibility whatsoever to move something with software only. So we need hardware and we also need innovation in hardware. And that is my point why it's very important to also try and get these hardware startups to the market. And 
not only to that big companies do innovation because in large interlogistic companies innovation also is quite what moves quite slowly and startups like Felix or other hardware startups like Magazzino they can be very very um, good and very fast with their innovations so they are quite important for overall logistics I also want to add a point there so since we have um, we We have electronics, we have real hardware stuff, so, so real mechanical engineering, and we also have software. Uh, this is what makes Felix so interesting for us because um, you really have challenges in all these techno uh, technical things, but you also have all the market challenge, the um, yeah, finding the right customer, doing product placement and something. And, and this is very interesting for us to to deal with all these challenges and uh, on the other hand um yeah it, it usually is quite difficult to get funding for that so we also struggle with that a little um finding the right investors because you don't need um you just you know you don't need the pure money you also need some contacts you also need some help and also um some for example the chef logistics who helped us a lot or which helped us a lot and also the unternehmertum um helped us a lot so You need some help from from almost every uh, every side to make uh, to make something possible, and um, I'm pretty sure that this is easier if you are a pure startup in software. Um, Andreas, Niklas, Julius already mentioned the help for startup teams um, from the university. How would you describe it? How um, does proximity to the university help startup teams like Felix? Generally, I think uh, Felix is uh, really a, a great and so promising and motivating case uh, where you see how how fruitful uh, that can be, that proximity. Um, generally, um, not only in terms of universities, but of course, they play a, a major role there uh, in, in the startup sphere. There is also this the saying of it takes a city to raise a startup. So basically, ecosystem is key. And within those ecosystems, I think the universities uh, are really the soil uh, for innovations to grow in the first place. They have great concentration of expertise that then hopefully also leads to um, that research transfer into practice. practice. Um, they have a lot of talent among the students, um, among researchers, which is, of, of course, crucial contacts to industry, uh, even press. Um, I think uh, those are The, the main aspects um, that are really uh, important when it comes to this proximity in general. Um, the universities also, of course, offer a kind of playground to try things out, maybe with uh, comparably low uh, risk, also specifically uh, during, during the studies. Um, that's, I guess, also one of the factors which actually led to, to the involvement of Felix, those, those preliminary preliminary um, studies and, and, and theses and projects that were done during the time uh, of your studies where you were able to actually do the first steps without really um, having the, the opportunity cost, say someone would have um, if, uh, if they started a startup uh, from scratch uh, in, in, in their professional life already. Um, and that's also something we're trying to institutionalize now. That's also this, this program I'm, I'm, I'm leading together with another colleague at Unternehmertum um, is exactly about this idea. It's called Tum Entrepreneurial Master Class. And this, this master class that actually stands for Master Thesis because there we, 
want to institutionalize what happened in case of, of Julius and, and, and Andreas uh, on a larger scale that people who are actually really into entrepreneurship and, and uh, really have a passion uh, for a certain topic, for a certain research idea that they can use and, and leverage their master thesis um, in order to, to create insights, um, to develop solutions that uh, help them uh, take the many steps uh, into entrepreneurship. And uh, I think if we lift that and if we really see uh, ourselves as a university as, as such a uh, incubator for new ideas, then I think um, there's, there's uh, a lot uh, all involved can win. And, and I think meantime, this also really belongs to to the DNA of, of Technical University of Munich, which also calls itself the Entrepreneur University. And I think, uh, yeah, there, there's no alternative to really living up to, to this uh, vision. Mm -hmm. I also could, um, can totally agree on this point. So um, the ecosystem in Munich is, is, is very good there. I've been studying at different other universities and I'm pretty sure that we haven't had the chance at uh, most of the other, other universities um, getting so far like we've um, been today. And um, I think the playground point is a very good one because when you're, when you're a student, life isn't that expensive. So you can really try things and um, you just, I don't know, need to get a small amount of money since you don't have so much um, yeah, so many things to pay and usually um, you can be really free in terms of um, yeah, getting new innovative ideas and just try them out and if you're clever you can combine that with uh, some student theses usually that's a bit difficult to find some, some good supervisors for it um, but yeah with the FML we definitely found a very good partner there and um, yeah when everything gets Of when everything grows and the whole ideas or the whole idea gets better and better and you convince some partners um yeah then you can get started with some scholarships like um yeah the exist scholarship and um yeah get get the business running or at least yeah getting getting deeper in technology and get the uh, get the system running um a bit later on maybe to i think nicholas and julius already summarized This very, very good. Um, I just want to add one point. I think that is important. When uh, startups are stately funded or funded in the context of a university, you, they really get, um, when they have a good idea, <laughs> then they really get play money, I will say. And no one is really saying or uh, influencing them about how they are doing their, their research or how they are developing their product. And I think that is crucial to really innovate also to really get to innovate innovative stuff. Um, that's also, I think, a big point for state-funded um, research on universities, that you have time to really think about a problem and come up with not only a solution, but with a possibly good, maybe the best. The best is not, is not always the goal or not always possible, but with a really good solution. And uh, working with private funding or in, inside a company, you don't really have i think my personal opinion is that you don't really have the freedom to do what you want to do and to you don't have the time to find very very good solutions that is sometimes only possible within uh stately funded more free um companies or startups 
Um, yeah, we are nearing the end of the podcast episode. And um, maybe the last question um, regarding the future of logis uh, logistics um, in a world where autonomous uh, vehicles are predominating. Uh, what does that mean for logistics founders um, in terms of education? What do you think? Um, from my perspective, engineering and software skills um, become even more important. So we, th uh, we see that already in the, or we've seen that already in the last years, that uh, software and engineering skills uh, became, become more important um, to, to get new systems running. But I think also the mechatronic skills um, become more important because we will have a lot of people um, you, who will maintain systems and something like this. So um, yeah, the mixture of electronics, software and hardware will be really interesting in into logistics in the next years um, because um, I'm pretty sure that there will be a tipping point um, from um, there are a few companies who have AGVs to um, there are a few companies who don't have AGVs in the next years um, since the technology is almost ready for, for the market. And um, yeah, that will be really interesting also to um, recognize it or see it from the perspective of Felix. Um, and we are really looking forward for the future there. Yeah, I think I can totally agree uh, to you, Julius. Uh, the, the other side I'd still uh, rather bet on, which won't change, is rather sort of the, the other uh, classic uh, skill set parts, that is like vision, team leadership, implementation, uh, the, the grit, the stamina. That's something that's, uh, yeah, I guess uh, will always uh, have to, to remain there um, among the 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 skills of uh, of founders, be it in the logistics uh, field or anywhere else. Uh, in terms of this um, technologization um, here, I think uh, if it's going to be more and more deep tech uh, innovations also happening, yeah, of course, this uh, those technical uh, competencies are going to become uh, more and more important, um, and that's also something we're trying to. Um, foster even more the, the deep tech innovations coming from fundamental research, which as mentioned before, really take time. Um, and, and here the, the most recent development in, in the TUM ecosystem is actually the, the TUM Venture Labs, um, thought as a springboard um, for such research science-based innovations um, actually sort of making the, the PhDs and, and potentially even the professors really uh, entrepreneurs. Um, that's something uh, where maybe, especially the, the technical sides can can further embrace um, those those mentioned aspects of, of entrepreneurial uh, skills uh, even more. And I want, in this case, add something in, in part of, you have... I think to have a very good mixture of specialists, which are really experts in a very small field and people which have an oversight of a different perspectives in research and in companies as well, because it's very hard. To, our world is so complex that it's extremely difficult to understand even small things very, very good. And to tackle a field or to tackle a research question, you maybe need more than one expert. So we also try in our research to get projects running, which are at least two or three different, or two or three different departments work together and to really get good results. Um, and 
currently Nicholas and I are working on a big research thing or research project, which is about, I think about 10 or 12 companies, um, two or three departments from the university are working together to tackle a big research question. And that's teams and that you need to um, work on big questions and to really create innovation and solutions, innovative solutions. I think to sum it up, it's uh, I think the, the most fun thing in startup life is that you don't need to be a crazy or a genius engineer, but you also need to be a team leader. You also need to be a visionary and or visionary. And um, this is, I think, what makes um, startups so much fun um, because you, you have to understand how marketing more or less works. You have to understand how engineering and software development works. And uh, yeah, to, to learn all these things together um, is what you don't get in big companies usually. Okay, nice ending for this episode, I guess. Um, thank you three for uh, being here for your time and um, yeah, see you soon, I hope. Thanks a lot for having us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, thank you. The A2X Way. Discussing logistics of tomorrow.